0: Hey y'all, it's your favorite host and I wanted to just pop in here to say uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier which gives you access to the Discord and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier an eight dollar tier uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad free um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro rpgs that i create in the future yeah so again uh thank you so much for listening to the show um if you'd like to give additional support that's one way to do it another great way to do it is just you know go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast subscribe Uh, Follow leave a review if you can Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show and it is always greatly appreciated link is in the description. Thank you so much and back to the episode Welcome to the secret nerd podcast where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why For today's episode, we have another amazing guest from Mayday Roleplay. I love this person's voice and I am super excited to uh, talk to them. So if you want to introduce yourself.
1: Yes. uh, Hi, I'm Allegra. I'm from Mayday Roleplay. Uh, Thank you for the lovely voice compliment. I'm glad it's (laughs) nice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Eli's, uh, at the time of this recording, Eli's interview hasn't come out yet, but I actually made a comment on there too. I was just like, Allegra's voice is so soothing.
1: <laughs> That's so sweet. Thank you.
0: So, yeah. So, for all the listeners, you guys will get to um, enjoy both of our soothing voices, as I've been told uh, a few times uh, that mine is as well. So, maybe you people do, will be very so relaxed fun. doing this thing. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Well, let's just go ahead and get started. So, where I usually like to start is just kind of how did you get into like nerdum in general? Was, were you always a nerd? Did, 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 what did you always did you start off that way? Did you hide it? Did you? get into it later in life
1: um I think it's like oh man I think it's kind of arched over everything really Mm -hmm. I I I was really fortunate in that I grew up in a town or like in my experiences I didn't have that much of an issue with like oh that's a nerd like that's a nerd thing to do like anime was a little bit weird people were a little bit weird about anime and like manga but also like everything else was pretty like yeah you can do whatever you want but that yeah. that's also my personal experience and I didn't interact with people a whole, whole ton. So it was just kind of like, I, they left me alone. I left, I left them alone.
0: <laughs> yeah. um,
1: but I guess like the, the classic, like I started at star Wars. I remember being like six and I think I was sick or something. And my dad was on the couch and I came out of my room and he was watching, <laughs> he was watching empire strikes back. And it's that whole sequence when like Han is carbon and Leia and Lando and Chewie are trying to fight their way out of Cloud City. Mm-hmm. And Luke's coming into Cloud City. And so, like, the first experience I had with Star Wars was, like, Luke, I am your father. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but this is cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Star Wars is, is obviously super iconic and, um, yeah. you know, influential for so many things. So,
1: Yeah, I was super obsessed. I was obsessed with Leia as... As as one would expect. Um, and Han, too. I was like, I want to be like Han Solo because he was yeah. so, like, confident, and cocky, and kind of stupid. Um, and
0: now we look at him and we're like, wow, that's kind of just a lot of toxic masculinity. So.
1: so much. So much. And then I guess, like, from there, it kind of spiraled out into, like, obviously Harry Potter. And then my first kind of foray into comic book-like things was um i don't know if you remember on i think it was on cartoon network there was a a show called x-men evolution
0: yes Mm -hmm.
1: and i loved that show i don't i have no idea how i started watching it i just came across it one day and i was like this is my shit let's go yeah yeah um so i got super into like rogue and gene gray and shadow cat so i was i was super into that for a while um And then as far as, like, TTRPGs go, I I actually didn't get into that until, like, college, I don't think. Uh, I I was, like, peripherally aware of it, yeah. but, um, like, I knew it was like, oh, you get to pretend to be, like, an elf or a wizard or whatever. But (laughs) I didn't know, like, about the the dice or the books or I really, it was really only you pretend to have magic and you play with your friends. And I was like, that sounds cool, but none of my friends seemed like they would have been into it, so I didn't ever bring it up yeah and then in college there was like i <laughs> i like to say that i like the one thing i got out of a pretty crappy relationship was my love of uh, dungeons and dragons and magic the gathering because like our relationship was horrible yeah. He like he and i just weren't made for each other and but but i did get those two things and i was like okay like i think i came out okay
0: here. <laughs> yeah it was it was a win-lose um yeah situation you know i played magic for a few months, I think. And I just, that, a lot of those like very collectible hobby type of things, it's just too much for me. Like, I just, I don't, I don't yeah. care. Like, I don't need to go buy new cards all the time because my right. deck is now obsolete or, you know.
1: Yeah. I never whatever. like played competitively or anything or like yeah. with anyone but like our friends. And yeah. it was, it was so much nicer because I was like, I, like we can play with whatever cards I don't have to know I don't have to know like what's what's legal in this setting and like the four different decks you can build I was like I don't, yeah I want to open packs of cards and see the pretty ones and then put them in a deck together
0: <laughs> yeah for sure I was
1: never like a hardcore magic player I just like it's just like it's fun and like opening I I, I think the the big thing that got me was like opening booster packs I was like this mm. is cool <laughs> very yeah
0: because you knew there was going to be something special in there
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah, for sure. Um so when it came to uh, like D&D, that was your first tabletop game you played?
1: Yeah, it was yeah, D&D was the first one. Um okay. and we like we 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 played with a really our our party was super small. It was like me and two of our friends and my ex was DMing and mm-hmm. I think our fir- I think our first game we were all awesomear and we <laughs> were all like a different awesomear. Nice. And the way that campaign ended was uh, us getting into a sister fight and killing each other <laughs> unintentionally because we we like come from another fight and then oh, and then like we friendly fired each other because we were mad at each other for, about something stupid and yeah and then he was like and you're all dead and we we're like what that can't be <laughs> the end and he was like you just shot each other with bows and arrows you're level two and we we're like that's not right
0: <laughs> I feel like I should have more hit points in this
1: right yeah
0: yeah that's funny um so you said you're kind of like peripherally aware of d and d when you were younger was it just like you knew people that talked about it, or was it just kind of like you had just seen it somewhere or
1: it was it was a little bit of both. I think I'd seen it like on a show at some point and mm-hmm. then um, I was I was kind of like a like a floater in high school. I was like in a bunch of different areas Like I, I was kind of smart, but I wasn't like the crazy like I'm going to Yale smart kids Yeah, and I was I was on varsity soccer for three years But I wasn't like a jock because I was a goalie and no one likes goalies. Yeah, I uh I was a theater kid But I didn't super vibe with the theater kids like all of our energy never kind of like matched up yeah. So I just felt like I was in I hadn't like my fingers in a lot of pies but not very deep in any of those pies yeah um so like i'd hear like i'd heard a couple theater kids talk about it and then like a couple of like the nerd kids i hung out with talked about it and this is all very like majority like the nerd kids in the theater right kids. yeah 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 Pro- like obviously <laughs> this is very like <laughs> disparate which it really wasn't that disparate It that was just like to my high school brain that was how it felt yeah um so yeah it was it was never like anything where someone was like this is dungeons and dragon 3.5 this is like the book this is what we do i was like i've heard this name and it sounds fun
0: yeah i think it's just one of those things like um you know obviously it's had so much growth recently just tabletop games in general have had yeah. a ton of growth recently um but yeah it was just one of those things that like people did at home and then of course you have the advent of social media and and it's like okay well now you can connect to everybody else where before yeah. it was just like well who who, who else is gonna uh, play who this do game? you know yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um yeah and you if you saw, don't know you people started
1: playing dnd pretty late too didn't you like i did not, yeah. not late but, but like yeah
0: consider yeah my comparison uh, to some people all things considered yeah my first game was uh was 19 18 or 19 probably oh, yeah and uh I think I was 19 and I got to play like three sessions. And then my next game wasn't until early last year.
1: Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's a big break of like, here's this cool thing. You can have a taste. Ugh. Not anymore.
0: Yeah. And it was a lot of like, like me just like finding, you know, getting the PDFs and like telling my friends, like, look, dude, like we can do this. Like I will learn how to run this game <laughs> and we can play. And they're like, uh, and they, at the time I didn't have kids. And they had kids um, a lot younger than Uh, i did and so it was like in that phase i I know now because i have three toddlers scheduling is always (laughs) very difficult Um, and so it was just one of those things that just like and it just wasn't like primary in their mind to them it was still like it sounds kind of cool but they didn't have enough um i guess enough buy-in to want to really invest any extra time that they would have when they could just be playing call of duty instead
1: the the band I I will say like the bandwidth for playing like TTRPGs is so much greater than something that you're not like directly involved in necessarily yeah which is which which is, which is something that I love about it but also something that I'm like okay I kind of understand why some people have to like take breaks from this
0: yeah yeah it uh, it can be intense and I've talked about it before but like even with DMing um because there are a lot of times when I don't want to necessarily that I become like nonverbal, but there's definitely times where I don't really want to interact. Uh, Right. And my just emotional energy is drained in terms of dealing with people. I'm very much an introvert. Um, And so, (laughs) so I'm just like, but I want to play the game, but I also have anxiety about playing the game because I'm not emotionally there to do it. And so there's those times when it's like, well, you know, my group wants to play. I'll go do it, but this isn't my best session. You know, I'm not doing as yeah. many voices. I'm not probably being as descriptive and um, doing my best to make sure everybody has fun. But I know for sure there's times that like it's I'm not all the way in. Um, yeah, and and, for it really sure. and like
1: you have to kind of have those days too that it's just yeah. like I can't I can't be on all the time with this because otherwise I'll just lose my shit. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and we and it's kind of gotten to a point where. By happenstance, we're at like every other week where we play, uh, where just things have come up and, you know, whether it's, um, you know, with my kids, something happens or uh, my best friend stuff or um, funny story, and I hope Creed doesn't kill me, but like she was baking some um, edible cookies and ate a lot of the cookie dough and was too high to play. <laughs> no. oh no yeah so she was like that is um, always a danger. hey guys uh so I made a mistake <laughs> um and we were like yeah it's fine it's whatever uh but um yeah I mean it's just one of those things of you know things happen and we're very much like a whatever just you know when we can get to it we'll get to it. Um right. but and now we're gonna add one of our players from our other D D games in um so yeah
1: Ooh, I, I, i've never played pathfinder and i've always i've heard it's a lot like crunchier than D D. yeah but i've funny. always wanted to like check it out
0: yeah i was just having a discussion about this with somebody and in in a way it is only in the sense that you're adding more numbers per level mm-hmm. but when you're looking at your character sheet after you've leveled up it's just numbers anyway right yeah whether you're adding four or you're adding 11 it's still the number you're just it's adding it in one time. Thing, right? So it's really not that uh, difficult. It's just kind of learning the different systems and um, yeah. a- the action economy and stuff like that. But Pathfinder 2e, I think, especially, I've never got to play first edition, but Pathfinder 2e has a special place in my heart because it's just such a, it's so fun. It's, uh, I think it makes things a lot more creative. And the character options are amazing. Um, oh, that's awesome when it comes to like the different Mm -hmm. stuff you can do. So, um, yeah, it's just like things that D&D doesn't have a lot of times Mm -hmm. or similar classes, but they're doing different features and you're getting more feats. And so at each level, you're maximizing your character even more. Where it's not like in D&D where it's like, okay, well, my next cool thing happens at seventh level. It's like, (laughs) no, your next cool thing happens every time you level up because it's... you know, a class feat or an ancestry feat or mm-hmm. a skill feat, something that adds a little bit more to your character.
1: Yeah. The the build doesn't take as long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if you're looking at it, like, I'm going to play first level and then play for a few sessions and then play second level. It's not as daunting as going like, Oh, but yeah, if you're 10th level, then you have all these numbers. Well, yeah. Like don't jump into 10th level. Start from <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's that, uh, um, just changing that mindset to it. But what other, um, obviously, uh, Delta Green, and we're going to talk about that, but what other, um, games have you played outside of the Delta Green and D and D?
1: Um, I've, what else have I played? I've played a lot of like little one page RPGs, which hmm. are super duper fun. They're like low prep, Yeah. quick, quick little things. Um, I ran a, a one shot for one called Unkindness for our group. Okay. Um, where you're just like adolescent ravens causing mischief and mayhem. Nice. Um, that sounds fun. And because I know my group, I knew it was going to be chaotic as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. Yeah. Um, so I am I'm, I'm a big fan of like one page RPGs. I've got like Monster of the Week on my shelf. Oh, I, I had Monster of the Week on my shelf. One of my little sisters, uh, I gave it to her when she was in town cuz mm. she Well, i I'm turning both my little sisters into massive nerds. They're awesome. uh, 16 and 8. Yeah. So I'm I'm just like, <laughs> "Okay, yeah, this is great. Here you go. Yeah. Here's some Try this. here's some nerdy shit." For and they're <laughs> they're both like eating it up, which I love. Yeah. So, uh, so I had Monster of the Week, but uh, my 16 year old sister was reading it, and I was like, "Just take it back to Arkansas with you. Go, go. You go run it. You have more time to run it than I do right now. So just take it."
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um,
1: Yeah, so I've got I've got a bunch of them on my shelf that I just haven't actually gotten to play yet. I played I played like one game of Cthulhu, which I loved. I played it with uh, the folks at Spot Hidden. That Mm -hmm. was so rad. It was so much fun. London's a great a great DM.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, the um, I mean, there's just so many, and that's kind of the thing too. Like, I think a lot of uh, us get into of just like all these games and not enough time. Like, we're adults and we have responsibilities and everything else. And ninety nine percent of us don't do this for a job, so we. I mean,
1: <laughs> what like what, what a what a dream that would be? Just like, hey, I'm gonna go play. I'm gonna go play pretend for for. I mean, that's it's the same thing as like me wanting to be an actor. It's like I'm gonna go play pretend for six to eight hours. See ya. Yeah. And it's like. This is perfect. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I, um, because his interview will be out by the time um, this one comes out, but when I talked to uh, B. Dave Walters, he was just like, people always ask me, like, what games do you want to play? He's like, I literally can just play whatever I want. Like, there's nothing stopping me from doing it. This is what I do. I'm like, man, that's the dream. Um, Obviously, though, a lot of, you know, hard work and, grind to get to that point Um,
1: for sure but
0: I mean is this something that if you if you guys were able to do it would you do this full-time ttrpgs
1: oh hell yes absolutely like I it it merges my favorite things which are friendship acting and storytelling it's like the perfect storm of like make me real happy all the time I mean not Obviously, there's like going to be burnout and the and the exhaustion of like character, bad things happening to characters, but like, that, that would be so cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think there's a way to do it though. Um, you know, where you're not getting oh, that sure. situation. I think you know, like the two big models that I look at, um, like Critical Role, obviously, they mm-hmm. have um, where it's just like once a week they're doing a thing, and then they have other stuff going on in the background that they're not yeah. like doing at least the performative part of it. Um, obviously, they have a lot of them still do some day job, I guess. But, um, yeah, they're all yeah. voice actors and stuff. And then, uh, are you familiar with the Glass Cannon podcast?
1: No, I'm not.
0: Um, so they do Pathfinder first edition. And they started out just like five friends wanted to play a game and record it and have yeah. become a business, like an actual network. <laughs> they're, they're really good. A lot of people, I think... In my experience, and I almost did the same thing. They don't necessarily give them the chance because again, this is five white guys. Um, you know, and so it's that's like, well, where's the diversity? Yeah. Um, I'm
1: like, do I wanna do I wanna spend time like finding out that you guys kind of suck, like yeah, four hours in? Which 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 isn't to say they're all going to suck. Right. That's just like a fear going in as like a queer Latin person that I'm like okay what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah
0: no yeah absolutely and the same thing i mean i i honestly would just wanted to listen to because i was getting ready to start playing i wanted to play a ranger i knew that um and i was like well i want to hear some podcasts that have a ranger in it so i just like try to look up online and there's was one that i found and then i started listening and i was like oh what's this is pathfinder and i was like well i've always been kind of curious about pathfinder let me just i guess listen to it and then i listened to it and they were just funny and um and they weren't like, in a lot of ways, they weren't like typical nerds because they were like actors, comedians. They loved their sports. They, you know, like right. things that I was like, okay, this is different. Um, in the beginning, they they weren't as sensitive to the outer world listening to them uh, as much, and so they did um, make some mistakes. But since then, recently, uh, Troy, the now CEO of the network, has gone back, redid the intro, and said like, hey, we made some bad jokes. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, um, and... that's.
1: I mean, that, that's awesome. Like, that's... Like, yeah. Learning from your mistakes and, like, owning up to them is such a big thing, especially within, like, a public space. That's yeah. good for them.
0: Yeah. And he actually um, did recently, because I, I think they were, like, had some uh, some listeners or somebody who was watching the streams, like, you know, make some kind of bigoted comments, I'm, I'm guessing. And they just... He came on and was just like, look, like, we understand that we are five white guys, but that does not mean that we don't wanna be inclusive, that we don't care about other people. Like if people wanna come on and say what their pronouns are, I'm, I'm absolutely happy doing that with them. You know, we're trying to do our best to get more um, a diverse cast. And they do like a weekly show this, this is a really long way to get around to, they play about a lot of different games now, but now they do um, every week, they do a stream where they try a new game for three weeks and they bring on different cast members to come in and do it and so they have you know um kind of at least two or three of the main cast is always on um Mm -hmm. and then they're switching to pathfinder 2e and there might be some changes there with cast and stuff too so but i don't know anyway yeah i mean but that's now their this network they make a bunch of money on patreon just from people you know doing that subscribing and right have been afforded the ability to where they're all working for only the network. They all quit their day jobs except for one. um, Cause he's like a professor at Juilliard and. Um, right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm going to quit being a yeah. professor of <laughs> Juilliard. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so they give him a lot of fact for it, but, um, but yeah, so, so they're all doing that and, and yeah, and they just get to play games. So it's just like well, we're recording That's it's so Tuesday morning and it's 10 o'clock and we're just playing games, sticking around. So, um so I think yeah. a lot of
1: us want to be able to do that just for like Eli and Zakia. Yeah. Who do and Aaron too. Aaron does so much work just like with music and stuff mm-hmm. and Eli Eli works her ass yeah, off to make us sound cool as hell. Yeah. And Zakia all of Zakia's art I is know. just I've cried more times looking at Zakia's <laughs> art than I would like to say. Yeah. Cuz they just like reach into my mind and they're like, "Oh, here's your character." And I'm like, "I didn't uh, <laughs> you did that?" <laughs> just from what I said. Yeah so I'm just like I want I want them to just be able to just like do that if that's what they want to do and just be able to like here this is your this is your base you just do what you want to do baby yeah
0: for sure (laughs) I think um, I mean and that's such an amazing thing and you know to get kind of to Mayday like that group that you guys have created um, on so many levels have just done a lot of beautiful work and so I think that that personally I think that that's something that can happen for you guys because I think in terms of production quality, especially for a smaller podcast, like in what I've heard, I haven't heard anything at that level. Um, and obviously for what everything Eli does, but also, you know, all of your guys is the way you act. And then uh, of course, how Sergio DMs it and it just like everything has been such a cool listening experience. And I love it so much.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, we're like we're super. We 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 just got really lucky that we had like this incredible confluence of like all of these humans who happen to have different, very applicable <laughs> skills, yeah. all just coming together and being like, "Yes, we're doing this." Yeah. And it's 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 the most like kismet luck, whatever you want to call it. I'm, ugh, I love those nerds so much. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's awesome. And you know, and speaking of your acting, like before we get into your character you because you guys do different intros and stuff and when you did your like I don't know what do you want to call it like the little vignette when you're like calling your wife or leaving a message it was like the most touching thing I was like man this is like so I know I'm gushing a lot but like seriously you're super talented and I loved it a lot I was just like this is incredible like it's it's so good I, I really felt like it wasn't just like a oh yeah we have a happy blah 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 blah. It was like no you're my fucking Delta Green agent. Shit's crazy, <laughs> it's complicated, yeah. you know. Um, but there's still a lot of love there for this imaginary person that we've created, and it was just spot on. So,
1: thank you. Yeah, I really I love I really love doing those little like what are they called um is it a vignette i, think, I
0: guess is what they are or... i
1: guess it's like a little vignette or it's just like we they're they're meant to be like recaps right, basically yeah. of what happened um and i i just love hearing them because we this season this season we're doing them as well we we just have done them live a little bit less everyone records them later <laughs> mm-hmm. or not everyone but like yeah a, f- a few of them including one of mine got recorded later um but uh the first season when we just heard everyone go off, there's oh, there's one that Aaron does. Oh man, um, it's in it's it's in like 1984 mm. when he's both. Also, honestly, both of the ones Aaron does yeah. are so good, and but the one in 84, we had to cut it down because he rambled his fluke for, I think it was 10 minutes, like just railing against Oliver and Rose and Echo and like kind of shitting on Frog yeah. and Frost, and like it was we i had like we were all muting our mics because we were laughing so hard yeah. and then at the end we were like "Aaron, you have to cut that down it's so long yeah. and then the one he does is as samuel later is heartbreaking and uh yeah oh, i'm sorry i sorry i'm also gushing about my friends because yeah. i love no them so i mean that's puns.
0: you know um I, the hopefully people listen to this who haven't heard your show and just go and listen to your guys' show because, and that's kind of the whole point of this thing um, or part of the point of this thing, I should say. But yeah, I mean, it's true. Um, And that's what I mean. Like just at every level, like you said, you know, you guys are just doing such a great job of putting so much into it. Prior to playing with that group, had you played Delta green before?
1: No, um, no, that was, that was the first time we, so we kind of we were we'd started on a different project Mm -hmm. with a couple of other folks um and that project kind of fell apart for a multitude of reasons (laughs) Uh, but the seven of us um the seven of us were like hey we play really well together yeah and we understand like we get each other in a weird way we should keep this going so that was kind of how mayday happened but like right before that uh, we were taking a break from the game we had been playing, and Sergio was like, "Hey, I have this game, Delta Green. If you guys want to play it, I can run like a a, a one shot that ended up being a three shot." Um, and we were like, "Hell yeah, let's try it!" And that was that was like, I don't think Eli played with us that time. I think I don't think we had Eli at that point, but everyone else was playing together, and we were like, "Oh, holy shit! Yeah. This is horrifying in the best way." Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that was that was the first time I played Delta Green. No idea what I was getting into. He was just like, It's X Files and Eldritch Horror, and I was like, I'm sold, let's go. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Did you um <clears throat> do you feel like you were prepared for like the level of violence and intensity that comes with that game?
1: Oh god no. <laughs> because with D&D I think a big thing like a one of the I was thinking about differences between Delta Green and D&D today and I think one of them is that in D&D it can be like really violent and gory and like horrifying right. but it's it's almost innate with Delta Green like you are like oh, okay what what was I ha- oh that was the thought it was in D&D you are on a level with what you're fighting yeah. like you might be fighting a dragon, but you have fucking magic. Right. you have a magic sword yeah. and you can shoot fireballs and and you have a team of people who are all special right and and you stand a chance and if you don't stand a chance, someone comes back and touches you with a diamond, and you're you're back the you're stakes fighting, are almost
0: unvading. gone basically
1: right which which is really like refreshing and fun for like living life where yeah. the stakes are
0: <laughs> super <horrible>. real yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, but then with Delta green, it's like okay, you're here, you're like pretty smart you've got a gun maybe a knife maybe like maybe a magic thing that you know how to do it's about there and then everything you fight is so much bigger than you and so much more powerful than you yeah it's three and a half steps ahead of you at all times and so like that that shook me when we started playing delta green because i was i was used to D where we're like eh, i can fuck around and like i get shot with an arrow it's not that big a deal yeah. if i get shot with an arrow and delta green there's a chance i'm fucking dead yeah immediately and that's what i was gonna
0: say too like outside of just you know the eldritch horror part of it like you're still dealing with real world stakes of like violence is a gun. bad yeah if you get shot with the gun like that's real real you bad yeah and yeah. um you know so it's just uh yeah it's such a wild um game i think that that really does kind of narrow down like the difference and i think it's such a cool thing because it's like it kind of changes the way you play i think because you can't just be oh absolutely all there's no hack and slash when it comes to delta green like if you're not smart about the decisions you make you can get yourself in a lot of trouble very quickly um and yeah yeah, (laughs) do some things that uh, (laughs) will end your character are great yeah yeah so yeah
1: it's it's so it's so it was such like that that was the biggest culture shock for me i think between D &D and delta green was okay like you might you might die right now and there's no fixing it and oh man which i which i i i get caught on the double-edged sort of this is so cool the stakes are so high Mm -hmm. being in like a horror setting makes people react in a different way than they necessarily would in any other setting i love it Mm -hmm. but also at the same time i'm like i my character to stay alive, and I want to keep fighting dragons and beholders and yeah, shit. Yeah. I want to do magic, and and like and magic comes. That's another thing. Magic comes with a cost in Delta Green. Yeah. Like you will lose sanity, you will lose willpower. It's rough.
0: Yeah.
1: Magic in D and D is like I read a book. I yeah. was born with it. I sang a song. I lost a and spell it's, slot. And yeah. like, this is neat. Yeah. <laughs> the spell like the spell slot doesn't have like actual physical repercussions no. although i've seen i've seen a few like people on the internet or like on tiktok i'm on i'm on D&D, TikTok, <laughs> and and they're like okay well like if you want to if you want to try and like do this this thing where like you're out of spell slots and it's a really big battle there's like ways to try and like harness your magic and push it forward but you might like take yeah. a point of exhaustion or, right. i was like oh that's so cool which is also something i went into to eli's ashoka campaign with yeah like that thought of like okay well like what happens if someone gets their magic pushed too far anyway sorry no yeah no i love
0: it um i think that's something where in my own dming i haven't gotten to a point where my characters have been in that kind of situation but there's definitely things where i'm like if I had a character who lost the love of their life, you know, in game, in this moment, and they were fighting some beast or whatever, I would 100% be like, you are raging, you take all the benefits yeah. of a rage, because yes. like, or, or just like you're saying, like, okay, like, this is it, like, you have nothing else to do, what are you going to do, you got to push for something, and then yeah let's see what happens
1: and like putting those consequences that's yeah. I, I love seeing people homebrew stuff like that because it's so cool to like because it, it is a little bit of like a crossover between like genres of, mm-hmm. of like your classic fantasy right. or high fantasy or whatever it's going to be if you give them that like gritty world like you can push this but it's going to cost you yeah I, oh, I, love it.
0: I love it yeah but I think it's just you know we just have to not be so stuck in the rules about it all the time you know what i mean and i think that's hard really for a lot cool of people wins out yeah almost always yeah. for me yeah <laughs> you know but it's just one of the things of like well you know what is going to make a better story if i say well you're out of spell slots so you can use your fire bolt on this fire elemental um and die or <laughs> you
1: have a dagger yeah <laughs> yeah you have a dagger
0: um or let's <laughs> try something crazy yeah. you know i think it's it's important to do that have you do you do any dming at all on your own or
1: um, I, I know do. You I do a little stream, bit, I should say,
0: I, I, I did see that.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I'm, I'm much more of like a one shot person. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I, I have like ideas in my head for campaigns, but I'm, my brain just gets really scattered. And then I don't, I get, I get really in my head about like, I want to make this perfect for everyone, but also what I have in my head. Yeah. And then it, it just overwhelms me and I, it, it's more anxiety inducing for me than it is enjoyable. Mm. And I, I kind of accepted that, like, okay, I'm probably gonna run one shots for a really long time until I have this perfect and as much a, and as much like planned as you can plan as a DM, which right. is very little, yeah, it's very little. Um, and then maybe I'll try and run the campaign. But like, I, I love running one shots. I love giving my friends like dumb, like like the Ravens one shot was really cool. I was like, here's your powers. Here's what you can be. Give me like three things about this Raven, and we're good. Yeah. Or like. The last one I ran, I was like, Eli, you have to make Zakia. Zakia, you have to make I don't remember who had Zach make Caleb. Or no, Amanda made Caleb. It does like I made everyone make everyone else. Yeah. And then two minutes before we went live, I was like, all right, here's your character sheets. Good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And then I made them fight fucking Kirby. Like I I love <laughs> throwing them into ridiculous, dumb shit. Yeah. And 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 just like seeing what happens because if I don't plan any if I don't plan too hard and I just let them go. They're gonna get where they need to go. It's just gonna be a really interesting way they get there. Yeah.
0: So would you say then that you're pretty good at improv?
1: I, I for years I didn't think I was. Yeah. And then because because like in in college I had to take I had to take improv because I I was a theater major so I took improv in college and it was comedic improv and it never like settled with me because there were there was like the rule of game and the like the straight man and the the whatever the other one was I, I didn't pay that much because <laughs> it just it, like my anxiety during improv was through the roof yeah. and I was miserable for most of it because I didn't I like I didn't understand everything mm. and I I couldn't synthesize it down quickly enough to catch up with everyone it felt like okay. which I think if I chilled out I would have been fine yeah. but that's the thing with anxiety you don't chill yeah out.
0: you don't get to decide a lot of the time
1: yeah. So that that was always really stressful in college. And then there's also this thing called Meisner, which is another like acting technique, which there are there are exercises within Meisner that are very, very improv based, but it was much more like grounded in the real world. And like I like the way that Meisner was explained to me and the improv within Meisner was explained clicked with me a lot faster than like comedic improv did. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, I can handle this kind but not this kind. Yeah. And then in grad school, I also had to take comedic or it wasn't even comedic improv, but it, what it was it was expected to be comedic improv just because our our professors were were comedy improv professionals mm-hmm. essentially. Um so then I so then I like swung back the other way of like I can't handle this, like I'm it really upset me just because I couldn't I couldn't get a grasp on everything and I felt like I was behind everyone, which I think everyone felt like Like, looking back, I have so much like patience for myself. Like everyone felt like this. You weren't the only one. It's okay. But at the time I was like, this is terrible. I'm a terrible improviser. (laughs) And then coming back like to TTRPGs in a really regular way, I was like, no, I'm, I'm okay at this. I'm not like amazing, but like, I can hold my own okay. Yeah. So it's it's always been like a pendulum of like, I'm terrible. I'm okay. No, this is awful. No, this is super fun. And I think it just comes from the way I frame it in my head. Yeah. Because if I if I frame it as like, this is comedic improv. I'm like, I I've never said a funny thing once in my life. I don't know what comedy is. Humor? Mm-mm, not for me. And then as soon as it's like, okay, here's like this real character. Go. I'm like, oh yes, I can say funny things maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I can react and maybe say something intelligent. Who's to say it's, 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 I I feel like it's a constant, like swing back and forth of like figuring out where the middle ground is of like, it's okay. Yeah.
0: Was it, was it you or somebody else that you rolled a 69 and he was like, you don't make it. You're like, but did I lose though? (laughs) Was that you?
1: I I, it might've been me. It might've been one of the, anytime any of us rolls a 69, we're like,
0: yeah, <laughs> Every I, yeah. Time. I was laughing,
1: and I, I'm, I'm a child, and I laugh at anything vaguely of a sexual nature. I think it's <laughs> hilarious. There's, there's a bit in Ashoka where like someone's like, "You want me to carry that wood? And that's a real heavy load." And I lost my shit. I was on the ground cackling, yeah. and and then and then that just gives Aaron and Caleb more impetus to be like, "Do you need help, help carrying that load?" And I'm like, "Fuck you." <laughs>
0: With their crazy deep voices.
1: Yeah, they're, ugh, my boys. Yeah. Oh, I love my boys. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry, I always I always come back to I love my friends. Yeah, no, hey, And that's, that's awesome. like the core of everything yeah. in me. It's like, this is great, but I love my friends.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I will get back to my original point, but I, I think that is what makes a lot of the shows that are are great, great. Um, you know, because, and I don't necessarily mean, you know, size of falling or whatever, because I think- we all have to start somewhere of course um but just in terms of listenability like having that group of friends and just loving it like that's what makes it for me when I listen you know with you guys with makers misfits I've talked about this before but like they you can tell that they've been friends most of their lives and it is so much fun to just listen to them like rail on each other and like talk shit and i don't care like if it's inside jokes whatever like i may not understand it but i just love i get the core of it you know what i mean of just like this is true like the love is
1: there and it's tangible yes like this is lovely absolutely
0: yeah but yeah so to my original point of improv um i I, oh yeah sorry no you're fine (laughs) i love it Um, i'm tangent city go wherever we need to go i will hopefully remember and circle back um but uh but yeah with the improv thing and you've probably gotten this advice before, and I don't want to come off as, like, mansplaining. But, like, I think if you can improv and you just create a beginning, you can world build and run a campaign. You know, it's really as yeah. simple as – and it took me a little bit, too, of, like, oh, I want to build all these different places. And I'm like, shit, this is so much work. And then we start playing, and it's like nobody even cares, like, what the name of the no city. No one's going to go like, there yeah. right now. Like, right now, they're worried about what's <laughs> happening because as a player, you're very much – player focused and you know some players are party focused at least sometimes and but hardly ever they're like what's going to happen in the world and they just don't care that's
1: I that's a big reminder I have to give myself is like they're not going to give a shit mm -mm. what's going on over in this other continent this continent where they are right now with like the goblins attacking the town that's what they care about yeah
0: yeah exactly so I think it's um you know obviously having the chaotic fun one shots of course is a blast um and and i'm going to petition to be part of your chaotic one shots one day if you if you like me after this interview um but for sure (laughs) don't
1: worry i have a list and you're on my list of people that i want to pull for one shots don't worry (laughs) thank
0: you um but yeah but i think i think i think one day you should give it a shot if you have the time obviously and you know and it's not going to create a bunch of anxiety um because i understand no it's
1: it's on my list of things it's definitely just like a thing of like okay you're gonna be fine just just chill out (laughs) a lot of my brain is is saying just Just chill chill. out to me
0: um so i did kind of want to ask you a personal question you mentioned your sister living in arkansas is that where you're from Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i'm i'm originally from from northwest arkansas which i call the only good part of (laughs) arkansas sorry other parts of arkansas it's pretty and safe.
0: Uh, the other parts <laughs> of Arkansas probably aren't ever going to listen to this, if we're being fair.
1: Also, oh, <laughs> I am I am a queer Latin person yeah. who plays games and pre- who plays pretend professionally. Yeah. Like
0: So ah. so yeah, so my question, you know, being a queer Latin person, what was that like growing up in Arkansas? Um, cuz you said the nerd thing didn't really play any effect, but um I imagine that that those two things probably had some effect on your life
1: i uh, like a little um, how do i is there like a really
0: progressive part of arkansas that i'm just not aware of
1: there is actually that's awesome i i I, when i said i lived in the one good part of arkansas i live in the one good part of arkansas washington county is like the progressive blue rainbow happy place of arkansas we have like we have a pride parade every year. There was an Episcopal church that was performing gay weddings before, like, they had to. Wow. Like, it's, so, like, obvious. obviously, this is all my own personal experience. Yes, of course. So. I'm also, like, very passing white and also very passing not, but very passing for, like, a woman. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, like, <clears throat> my life wasn't deeply affected by the way I looked or the way I behaved. Yeah. Because... I you know because I'm I'm you could if you could pass me and be like that's a plain old white lady <laughs> and 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 it it's how do I I think it affected me personally just like because I didn't my my mom's family is Puerto Rican mm-hmm. and when my mom was 7 they moved to Texas and my grandmother kind of like stopped talking in in Spanish to my uncle and my mom uh and so they they you know they lost it because they yeah they weren't they exposed, weren't speaking yeah. it regularly yeah and and it was it, it was in the 70s so like she was trying to protect them from like the racist texas kids who would have of course yeah made their lives hell so like she was she and, she, and my grandmother talked to me about this she's like i really wish i hadn't done that but i was trying to protect them and, and i'm like i get it it makes a lot of sense but like knowing like having that identity as like a puerto rican human being and wanting to like connect with that Mm -hmm. but not really having the access to it as much because my grandmother still lived in Texas and like we'd talk on the phone and we would speak Spanish but like it wasn't a regular thing where like I could get the like the significant at-home practice that I would want to have to be fluent and and like I felt like I missed out on a lot of stuff that like other like Puerto Rican kids understood I was like I'm law I don't know what this is and so it it was more of a like personal thing than a societal thing yeah and like being queer too like that that was never that was that I was I'm so lucky in so many directions I am a very very fortunate human being my family is very like love who you love it doesn't matter I wasn't the first kid in my family that came out Mm. like there were like (laughs) we all joke that like You know how there's usually like one gay cousin. Yeah. In our family, there's one straight cousin, (laughs) (laughs) and everyone else is. And so it it was just like, it was it was so normal and so, not even a question. Yeah. That like, of course it's gonna be fine if I say I'm pan. Of course it's gonna be fine if I say I'm non-binary. Like, no one's gonna give a shit. Yeah. And that's that's so much weight off of a young person's shoulders, and I I I i'm so lucky i'm so so lucky my family's incredible
0: yeah i mean that's Uh, amazing you know um yeah you know and i think it's awesome to hear because like i said i was ignorant to the fact that there was any place in or around arkansas that um uh that would be that way um so to hear that is is really cool and i think there are these pockets of the world that aren't all bad even if it's surrounded Bad, you know, and I think that's. And
1: I mean, obviously, I'm painting like a rose-colored picture yeah. from my 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 very limited experiences as a human being. Yeah, I know, I know for a fact there's bigotry and racism and t- like bad shit in my hometown. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Black American. So I know that there's proper. no like
0: <laughs> perfect yeah, place like in the you, world. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I. But get
1: just it. like by comparison to what it could be. Yeah. I. I'm. I'm super fortunate yeah and and then like i said like i know like my the color of my skin has never played into my like how people perceive me in the world and it it was all very like internal of like i feel like i don't deserve to call myself latin sometimes just because i i don't have that like entire experience there are a lot of there are a lot of like latin like "Quote unquote Latin kid experiences that I'm like, oh yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah. But there are a lot of them that I'm like, no, my family wasn't like that. Yeah. And I, it, it was always like a weird personal journey for me that I'm still on. I'm still trying to figure that shit out. It's and I and I'm like, what an going back to TTRPGs. Mm-hmm. This is also something really fun to like start to explore because I had never really explored that in game. Yeah. And now as we're moving towards a couple different games that we're playing down the line, I'm like, oh, this is something I can like feel and like work out in character and then be like that's cool that wasn't me though
0: yeah yeah no i think i was going to ask you about that because um um it's true there's a, you know a lot of people go through that process especially when it's like whenever you come into the game and it's just like you get to role play as this make believe person and you can make them however you want to make them um <laughs> and i think ha- knowing that the option is there to create something that you want to identify with but you don't feel like you can I think that's kind of a freeing experience yeah do you like in terms of coming out as like pan and non-binary was that something that you did before you ever started playing TTRPGs or do you like did you kind of process those things together
1: uh well I came out as pan first because I like how did that even happen? Like did you watch Shit's Creek? Remember. and you're
0: like, oh, yeah, the wine thing speaks to me.
1: no, I, I was out before that no. I like it's I, I, I so. kind of it's such a good and it perfectly encapsulates. I was like, that's the only way I've ever heard anyone explain it that it's good. hell, yes. Um, but so it was it was a lot of like in high school in high school, I was like, girls are pretty. Mm-hmm that's a normal thing to think yeah. and it and like that's a super normal thing to think and like even if you're straight that's a very normal thing to think is girls are beautiful and then and then like I, and then like i could just kind of shut that thought down mm-hmm. because all of my friends were straight and like i didn't know anyone else that like or like i didn't closely know anyone that like i could have had that conversation with of just like here's all these feelings i'm feeling what is like what are do you know what this is like yeah. and then in in college i had like a few more like friends who were like yeah here's like all these feelings and i was like oh oh <laughs> okay uh and so that 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 like the the realization of pansexuality just being like people rather than yeah whatever right. was was very like oh, okay this this makes a lot of sense to me and then the non-binary thing was was uh like a couple of years ago i i I, kn- I again peripherally knew of like different gender identities and I was just kind of like yep okay that's good yeah and then I started thinking about it and I was like oh yeah all these things all these things from my childhood are coming back to me and like all these experiences that I'm like oh that wasn't that was me that was dysphoria that wasn't like anything else that was just gender (laughs) dysphoria yeah which is which is like interesting to see as you go back and like also like that doesn't have to be everyone's experience and like not everyone like experiences gender dysphoria and then they like figure it out some people are just like, yes, I am non-binary. I do not identify on either end of the spectrum. I'm just somewhere else, mm-hmm. and that's that's great. That was that was just like my personal journey of like, I don't think I identify as either of these. Yeah. What do I do now? Because I was like 25, and I, and in my head I was like 25 is too old to come out, <laughs> which is dumb.
0: Yeah. What well, uh, one of my closest friends um, didn't come out until she was in her late 20s and had already like. Planned on marrying her now wife, I think, if I remember the story correctly. Um, And had an identical twin sister who was already out. Um, So
1: That's amazing, honestly. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, it's one of those things of, like, everybody's experience, of course, is so different. Um, You know, I have another friend who um, uh, identifies as non-binary, and they said, like, for them, being referred to as a she hurt, it's like it made them feel uncomfortable. And um yeah. but that was a recent thing for them too. And so it's just like one of those things of, you know, everybody has their own sort of thing. I think for yeah. myself, that's not something <clears throat> that I have ever dealt with. But I I do
1: mm-hmm.
0: I have throughout my life always felt uncomfortable with how masculinity was always portrayed in the sense of like I grew up loving poetry writing singing like i love sad songs and you know what i mean uh now as an adult in my 30s like i'm fine with all of that but yeah. when you're a kid growing up in a place that is very much like a macho man is man type of place it was a yeah. weird like it was another thing of you know not only was I didn't want to be affected by society because I was a nerd, but I also didn't want to be affected by society because of the things that like. And so it was just like, well, I'm gonna, you know,
1: yeah.
0: only listen to this music on my headphones and not ever. And like, if my friends yeah. were in the car, like, I'm gonna change the CD and you know,
1: yeah,
0: um, things like that. So.
1: Like, like softness, softness has no gender.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: You can be soft however you want to be soft and that's okay. Yeah.
0: And I I think. that Yeah. yeah.
1: That's gotta be so hard.
0: And especially like now as a father, I'm just a big baby. So um, (laughs) I really like when it comes to my kids, you know, I am just a big soft baby man, but I, um, but I don't want my kids to grow up feeling like this is the only way you're allowed to be. Like, m- yeah. you know, my son wants to do stuff that typically only girls do, then have fun as long as you're safe, I don't care. Vice versa. My girls yeah. want to do stuff that only typically boys do, then have fun as long as you're safe, I don't care. So um, right. um it's, yeah, you know, but the world is this crazy. So you never really know what you're going to run into. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand your friends. Like she, her makes me uncomfortable and it never like, or like referring to myself as a woman was like ooh yeah. no <laughs> and i didn't know why i was like it's just cuz i think of myself as a girl yeah. and i was like even sometimes girl feels weird yeah and then and like she her was like that's fine but it's not correct yeah. i can take it but like ooh <laughs> yeah and then and then someone was like and then i was like they them <gasps> they them <Yeah>. that's it <laughs> it's it's such like a weird journey and like and and also i got super lucky with again my both of my parents uh, are they're not together, but separately, they were very like, you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Like it's not a big deal. Neither of them was like you're, at a, as a child, a girl. You are supposed to do this thing. My my dad was like, nah. You want to go do karate? Yeah. Cool. But, you want to go do dance? That's fine too. I didn't do dance. Yeah. I was terrible <laughs> dance. karate. I was okay at.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But it, I think I think like I as I stated earlier, I got super lucky with my upbringing. My family being open-minded and very patient and loving above all else even even like my grandmother who was who was the most conservative of us and wasn't even that conservative like she was she was conservative by like the standard of like the 1960s you know what i Mm -hmm. mean like like a like a like a like a a fiscally conservative person but like not in the way that people say they're fiscally conservative now
0: yeah yeah i'm very different
1: and and as soon as like one of us came out she was like oh fuck this i'm 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 sticking with my kids yeah. like bye
0: that's one of those crazy so. things um not to digress too much from TTRPGs, but like that's one of those crazy things that like people who are just like um yeah i'm a republican so i just think everything that they believe is fine or or vice versa like I'm a liberal, so I think right. every, like I feel like just, just make you know have a free will and you know use critical thinking and just kind of make some morals, yeah, and some morals. And um, where does your morality live? Yeah, right. Like you know, it's okay to like golf and to have gay friends. Like those two things Can coexist, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is hilarious because my grandmother was obsessed with golf. Yeah.
0: That's funny. She would
1: like she'd have it on at her house and we'd like come and like clean or like just hang out with her. And she's like, oh, there's and then she'd say a golfer's name. And we're like, OK, that's great. Nani, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> and, yeah. and then she'd like ask us about our girlfriends or like, well, it was it. Ugh, I, I miss her very much. She passed away a few years ago. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. A wonderful, a wonderful woman. And we're uh, I keep saying it. We're very lucky yeah. that we have. I have such a great family. And sorry, this is totally digressing. But, like, one of my favorite things about my, my dad's side of the family is that it's very, like, matriarchal mm-hmm. in that, in that like, my grandmother was the matriarch. And, like, she kind of had say, not, not like, full say over the family, but, like, she was kind of, like, leading and everything. And then she had two sons, which my dad and my uncle. And then my uncle has an old, and then my uncle has two girls, and then my dad has me. Mm-hmm. And so when my grandmother passed away line of like family control did not pass to them it went directly to my oldest cousin oh wow and she is like and they refer to her as matriarch too which i love yeah and it makes me very excited (laughs) sorry
0: no yeah that's awesome i mean i think it's cool like all of that um you know there's so much of just how our families have you know applied things to us and whether or not we take it and and either move forward in a positive way or move back you know Um, growing up with my mom, uh, who's white was very much like my mom was just like, we were aware obviously that we, uh, were black kids and that there was things, um, I guess that there was dangers around that, but you know, my mom was never like, only like these people don't talk to these people. Like I grew up in a place that was predominantly Hispanic and then the next majority race was white. And so. To me, it was just like, you know, cool. Like, oh, we have foreign exchange students from Asia. Like, awesome, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, kid from Germany. Cool. Like, it was just all whatever. Um, For me, I just never really, though I had my own experiences, I never put that out in a negative way towards other people. Um, And I think I give a lot of that credit to my mom for just, you know, making it seem that way. And, um, you know, just even when it came to like, playing games like my gaming group was most of them was the first four people on the podcast and it's you know very diverse um and it's just like well yeah like I didn't plan it this way um it's just the friends that I had you know what I mean (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. um very much in the same way like with you guys that made it like you didn't plan it like but you have this diverse group of people you know and I think that those things you know, combined with your found family, just make a lot of those really good stories um, that, you know, come out during during these games that we're playing. So so when it comes to, like, your characters for these games, where do you draw a lot of that inspiration from in terms of, like, how you create them and, and the personalities and things like that that you give them?
1: It really... I wish I had like a formula for it, yeah. but I don't. It it it'll it'll be, like sometimes like, I'll, I guess I'll go through the three the three like that we've we've played so far. Yeah, uh, Tuck Rose and Shodi. for like for Tuck because I, I made them all in very different ways. Uh, Tuck, I I actually had I was it was the first Tuck sorry blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Tuck comes from the first game we played of Delta Green ever. Yeah. Uh, it was like the one that we played way back when before we were even Mayday. Um, I texted Sergio, I was like, Hey, I, I really I don't really know what's going on here, but I'm really excited to play. Is there something you would like d- that like would be useful for you to have in the game for me to play? Mm-hmm. He's like, Yeah, here's this like basic character sheet. He 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 gave me most of my stats and then he was like, Pick these skills, do all like do these things, add your bonds, add your your name and, like, your history, and just go. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I was like, do people know about, like, thing like, Delta Green things, or do they come in completely blind? He's like, some people do, some people don't. Your choice. So so in my head, I was like, okay, I think it'd be really interesting to have a new – because when when we did that game, Tuck was very new. Mm-hmm. Tuck had never, like Tuck, – Tuck knew about things, but she'd never been on, like, a case proper. Yeah. Um, but she had, like, a history with – weird unexplained monster shit. <clears throat> so it was it was very much like I I wanted I wanted to have that knowledge in the back of my head, but I also wanted to be very new to the idea of a, a cohesive unit doing it together cuz she'd been kind of doing it alone for for years. Um so that's kind of where that came from. And for this one, I'd been watching it was it was like the start of quarantine. My dad and I went on this like memory lane oh do you remember watching that show Fringe and I was like yes and he was like do you want to watch it again and we'll like call each other every week and we'll talk about it and I was like hell yes like a book yes. club
0: book for a show yeah basically yeah, I
1: love it. We, like we'd take like I have notes on my phone from like all the episodes yeah. that i watched and he would have notes on little pieces of paper and we'd call each other and be like well what about that thing Peter did this week and it was it was great and and so I'd been watching a lot of that and the main character, Olivia Dunham, was kind of stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, she's... And, and the backstory I'd written is it does not reflect Olivia Dunham at all, but, like, is a similar vibe. And I was like, okay, well, I can kind of, like, think about Olivia and then just, like, make changes to her as I want. Yeah. And so that's kind of where that came from, was, like, Sergio gave me the character sheet. I had an idea about, like, a backstory element, and then Olivia was in my head. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it all got. Yeah pulled together um and then for rose i think i've i think i've told this story before um caleb and i are the same person (laughs) we are very 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 similar and because we we for an old game we made characters that were on the surface very different but underneath it all very much the same yeah and so we got told we were going back in time to 1984 for um for delta green and so was like okay come up with characters you have a couple weeks just like think about it and so i texted caleb and i was like hey what are you thinking because in my head i was like i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be like very mary jane watson she's in over her head like the spider-man game yeah, yeah. Mary jane watson like in over her head she's like she's an investigative journalist this and that and this and that and like it's too much for her but she's not gonna say that and then I text Caleb and he's like, I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And he goes, Oh, I'm thinking about this investigative journalist who's in over his head and he knows too much. And I am like, God damn it. <laughs> um, and so and so from that point, I was like, okay, well, I want to have a connection with his character because I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, where do we go with that? And from there we went to like, okay, well, what like in regular Delta Green, you're like the mission is everything. Like, mission has to be above everything or everything fails. Um, And then we were like, but what happens if the mission isn't above everything? What if you like have a person that you care about a lot and you don't want them, like you don't want something bad to happen to them, but you also have like this responsibility. And so that's kind of where like the Rose and Ollie relationship came in of like, okay, we like, uh, like, mission is very important. But if I have to burn down Detroit to save Oliver, <laughs> I might do yeah. it. Which which is su- which was a super fun thing for me because I personally tend to go towards like Marjorie characters right. and like I'll I'll do the right thing at the cost of my own life or whatever. And with Rose, I was like, I want to explore what happens if you are scared mm-hmm. and what and you give in to being afraid and you you let that control you yeah and it was so much fun oh i loved i loved playing that because it was like and especially because caleb at the end sorry this is the ton of spoilers (laughs) caleb at the end was very like no i i like we have to keep the mission going we have to keep going in this and i all i wanted was to get him out of there yeah and it was it, it it was so much fun to try that like different angle for things um so that's kind of where that one came from was like from a relationship that I wanted to forge with another character and I built from there and then I realized we didn't have a researcher and I was like I'll be the nerd that's fine yeah and then Shodi was the weirdest one I've not not the character but like the way I did it was the weirdest one um my best friend back home loves like making playlists because she has a lot of really good music and she like she, her music taste is great yeah and so I texted her. I was like, hey, I'm having a hard time kind of like figuring out what I want to do. Will you just like make me a playlist of 10 random songs? And she was like, for sure. And so she sent me this playlist of like literally 10 random songs that she liked. And then I um, imbibed in a substance. <laughs> and and I, I, I put the, my headphones in and I listened to the playlist. And I just wrote memories or like a stream of conscious whatever yeah. the song made me think of i wrote it um and then i put it down i spent the rest of my night eating lots of snacks uh i went to bed and then the next morning i got up and i was like okay what can i do with this yeah. what cohesively can i do with all of the music that was on this playlist and also all of these high thoughts that i had yeah and so it, it, like, obviously not all of it stayed, but it was, it was a really fun exercise. And like, okay, let's just start from nothing and chaos and see what happens. And then I made like a wild magic sorcerer robe <laughs> and, and it was great. And I like, I chose a Goliath because I'm never tall and I want to be tall, damn it. <laughs> and, and so like, that was, that was kind of where that one came from was just.
0: Is that why like, you named them Shodi? Cause they're tall. Like a playoff of the no, word shorty? I, or is it... <laughs> that's what I thought when I no, heard it. I was like, "No, huh.
1: No, uh, that's a joke that everyone made in game. And I was like, God damn it. I didn't even hear it until they said it. Shit. Because they would sing me the shorties like a melody. Yeah. And oh, and I was yeah. like, no, I don't want, it. I want I hate this song. Please no. <laughs> uh, I have no idea where shorty came from. I like. I was just like, this sounds neat. Shorty, it has an X in it. Cool. It's a D&D name. It has the end in an I. Mm-hmm um so yeah I I, I wish I had an answer for how I make characters but it's just no I mean
0: you know I don't think everybody has like one specific way I think it's just kind of one of those things of you know I always just find it interesting to see people's different systems around it or non-systems around it um yeah because it really is sometimes
1: it's like the really basic like I want to play this class what's a cool thing I can do with a backstory for this class yeah but i know but I, but, but but for these three in particular i guess i was just like chaos let's see
0: <laughs> let's see what happens yeah i think uh i mean it's so much fun it really is and i you know those options i think when i was listening to it um i don't think it was until there was like a specific moment between um rose and ollie where i was like oh Oh wait a minute! I think I must have missed something, or this just... An... but it was just like, huh? Yeah, this really changes the dynamic of how these things run because most of the time it's like, well, we're a team, but we're not connected.
1: We don't like each
0: other. Yeah, yet. or or it's like you're like each other, but it's not like that person isn't specifically a bond to you, um, right? And because D and D plays up that stuff so much, I think it just it, it's such a cool freaking. Yeah mechanic to the game so
1: i really i really like the bond system that was and that was also definitely something we both wanted to play up was like okay like no one can know we're together no one can know that like you know about me no one can know i know about you and then like and like oh man it was so in game it was so cool because i was like in the room and i like i didn't know when when oliver was going to get introduced or when i was going to get introduced so i was like and i i ended up being the last one there but in my head i was like okay you're going to keep it together you're going to be chill if you see him it's not going to be a big deal and like you're going to keep your shit together and then sergio narrated rose walking into the room where everyone else was and my th- literal heart dropped into my stomach when he said you see oliver and i was like no like me i knew yeah. rose did not know and rose was very upset yeah. it was it was it was such a cool experience yeah. to like to ha- like and you, like your body doesn't know that you're playing pretend no. so it's going to react how it will react yeah. and that's that's something I love about both TTRPG stuff and acting stuff is like like your your body doesn't know like if you're if you're gonna get emotional about something, you're gonna get emotional about something. It's gonna suck, but it's also gonna be great. yeah
0: I think yeah, that's like an actual psychological thing like your brain the same places that you use imagination and storytelling also use your memories. And so, as we're creating these games, we're just making them together. So you have legitimate yeah. memories of living this life as a different person, um, yeah, which is just absolutely bananas. Um,
1: I, I was like listening to a song the other day, and I, in my head, imagined like all of these events of like our Delta Green game happening, like, like, like you know, like those early twenty tens, like, fa- like highlight video yeah. of Castle episode twelve or whatever. <laughs> like I was imagining that but with our characters and it was it wasn't like us sitting in front of a screen it was like here goes Eli she has a gun she's about to go fight this monster and there goes Caleb he's got a book yeah. and he's got a wire and like it was it was so ridiculous and it felt insane yeah. to be like remembering these things like we actually did them. Yeah.
0: Well I think it helps to having Zakia make the art for it and like put <laughs> yes. that stuff into the brain space—it's um, so
1: real. Yeah. when she makes it. It's oh man, I I could I could I could spend like the amount of time we've already talked talking about Zakia's art. It's so good, and just mm, uh, yeah. I just I just can't handle it. Anytime they put up like here's episode 12's art, and I'm like, what? You just did that? You just you just made that happen out of your bra- art- artists blow me away i i have i have no fine art skill i can't dance i like drawing it looks like a four year old did it and anytime someone makes someone that fucking cool out of something i pretended to do i'm like no this isn't allowed you're too good at this
0: this this is this is an audio podcast obviously um but i'm gonna show you because you can see it hopefully it'll
1: oh yeah oh yeah oh yes that's so cool
0: so did you draw that i did yeah
1: <gasps> so that's amazing thank
0: you um so for everybody that here's this hopefully the artwork i'm gonna publish it so um but yeah i the same with my cover art for the podcast i drew it and my friend Cree mm-hmm. colors it for me because i don't have i'm not like a digital artist by any means i'm pencil and paper right um but she has always been like I, would, I used to do our character art for our D&D games, you know, last year. And she was like, well, if you ever want me to color it, just let me know. And so when I came to this, I was like, hey, if you still are interested in this, like, I'm not, like, only if you want to do it. I'm not going to, like, you know, steal your free labor. But, like, if you're interested, she's like, I fucking love coloring. Like, yeah. So, yeah, so she's working on cool. it now. I'm so cool. super excited to see the end product. But, yeah, like, that for me, too – I have to like once I'm like oh, okay I have character descriptions I know kind of what you guys stuff looks like like okay I need to draw this now because I need to put it into visual form. So
1: yeah, Zakia she's been they or they've been sending us like art for a new game that we're about to start playing pretty soon. Yeah. And I like I got the message like hey here's your art for this character and I was like okay cool and I opened it and then I immediately my 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 partner was was out of the house but I was alone in the house and I immediately sprinted like between rooms like I was a cat with zoomies looking at the art just going oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god this it's real and like just losing my ever loving shit yeah and I I I I throw my hat off to all all ye artists who can make things that are in your brain be on paper. <laughs> Holy cow. That's cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, I mean, I don't, and I don't even especially feel like I'm exceptional at it. I just, it's something I like to do and, um, and it's a lot of fun. And I love the collaborative part of working with it and, and, you know, yeah. like having this like cool, you know, artwork creation that we made and, and her taking, you know, just yeah but these colors whatever and then seeing it done like holy shit this is awesome Um, so yeah i you know but yeah um basically everything you guys are doing is fantastic and i hope everybody goes and listens to uh mayday roleplay all of their shows um Anything that comes it's out our too, group of chaos. yeah. Group of <laughs> chaos. It's so much fun. Um, <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed this interview. Um, it's been a lot me of fun. Too. This has been lovely. Yeah. Thank
1: you so much for having me. Yeah,
0: for sure. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or Anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at nerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing.